Good morning. Please stand and sing with us. Would you please pray with us? 
Dear God, we thank you so much for this day, for this wonderful opportunity that we're able to come together in this place to worship you. We pray today, Lord, that you would open our hearts and that you would open our minds so that we could worship you and focus on your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you. Please turn and greet your neighbor. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries. We have just a couple of announcements before we begin our worship service. First of all, please open your bulletins to see the announcements that are written there. They're organized in our five practices of fruitful congregations. Pastor Joe is off today, and we welcome Mr. Reese Hannon. Reese has grown up in the church, recently graduated from Furman University, and is now getting his MBA at Clemson University. So I'm sure he has a very special message to share with us today. Uh, the inside panel on your bulletin today has a blessing of the backpacks. So if you'll turn to that with me now. We have a liturgy of the blessing of the backpacks that you'll find there. Uh, our youth director, Katie Kate, and I will lead in this blessing together. So after the blessing, we'll distribute, excuse me, distribute memorial backpack tags. I will leave those on the altar if anyone wants one for someone who isn't here today. Uh, will all teachers and students of all ages please come forward at this time? If you haven't already brought, brought your backpacks, you can bring them now. And if you didn't remember your backpack today, please don't let that stop you from joining us. and you can collect your backpack at the end of the service. We will continue on the inside panel of your bulletin. God is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. Let us ask God to bless those who seek to learn and those who guide them. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for students as they begin this new school year, that the Spirit of God may grant them the gifts of wisdom and understanding. We pray for teachers, that they may share their knowledge with patience, compassion, and enthusiasm for their students. We pray for all administrators, school leaders, and volunteers that they ensure a safe and welcome, welcoming environment for all. Lord our God, in your wisdom and love you surround us with the mysteries of the universe. Throughout history you have sent us your prophets to teach your laws and bear witness to your undying love. Send us your spirit upon us all and fill us with your wisdom and blessings that we may serve one another and your community. Remind us that wherever we go, you are always with us. Fill us with the joy of learning so that we may better be equipped to be your servants. Now please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Can you hear me? Is the mic working? I've never used one of these mics. I was telling them, kind of feel like I'm in a boy band a little bit, but I promise you that I will not break down in a, in a dance while I'm up here. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you. Um, like Aaron said, I've grown up this, in this church, been here my whole life, and um, always wanted to do this. Um, you know, after seeing uh, the great uh, pastors we've had, you know, John Rush, George Strait, now Joe. Um, it's an honor to be standing here, so I thank you, and, and thank you for coming this morning. Um, when I was at Furman, I had a coach one time. Um, we were, uh, as our preseason orientation meeting, first day of camp, and uh, we get up, and the first thing the coach says to us, we're all sitting there, um, he just asked us this question. He said, uh, what's one guarantee in this football season? So we're, everybody's kind of looking around like, you know, you, you kind of never know what coaches say, never know what they're going to say. So everybody's kind of looking around. Somebody tries to be funny and say, oh, we're going to win. We're going to win. Somebody says, oh, we're going to be hot. We're going to be hot and tired, coach. Those are all good things, yeah. But uh, finally, nobody could get it. Everybody's kind of looking around. Uh, coach got a, a dry erase marker turned around the board. In big, word, in big letters, he wrote adversity. That's always stuck with me since that day. I've only been here for 24 years, but I can guarantee you that that is the one guarantee we have, not only in a football season, but in life. We're all going to have adversity. Adversity is kind of a big umbrella word, and there's a lot of things that kind of can go into it. And um, we're going to, uh, in this, today's scripture, we're going to have two that I'm going to kind of point out that I want us to think about. Um, first is uncertainty. Uncertainty is a guarantee. I'm the kind of guy who likes to have a direction, likes to know where I'm going. Um, and I'm figuring out right now that life's not like that all the time. It's just not. Um, you know, especially when you're 24 and you're trying to get a career started. You just don't know what the direction might be. So uncertainty, that's, that's a guarantee. The second is failure. We're not always going to get it right. 
Sometimes we're going to be going in the wrong direction. We do the wrong thing. Sometimes we work as hard as we can. doesn't work out. It's another guarantee. But what I've also found that adversity is not really about how hard it hits you or exactly what it is. Adversity is all about how we can get hit, how we can take it, pick ourselves up, and move forward and keep, keep going towards our goal. In today's scripture, uh, we see that. Uh, we see uh, somebody going through adversity, has some adversity, is uncertain, they fail, and they move forward. And uh, we'll see how Jesus can help us with that. Uh, so this is John 21. I'll start uh, with verse 3. I'll kind of do like Joe, break it up a little bit. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Uncertainty. What do we usually do when we're uncertain about something? Don't know exactly the right direction to go in. Myself, and I think I might can speak for some people in this audience, but when we're uncertain about things and what direction to go, we usually just do what's comfortable. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'm you know, not really sure what's going to go on, but I'm just going to do what I've always done. You know, There's some good things. There's some upsides to that. When you're uncertain about the direction and uh, you just kind of say, well, I guess I'll just do what I've always done, what's comfortable. Upside is it's easy. You know how to do it. You've done it a long time, so you just kind of pick it up and keep going. But there are some downsides to that, too. So if you just do something that's comfortable, that might stifle your growth. You might be going in the wrong direction. You need to be going this way, but you just do what you've been doing, what's comfortable, and it's getting you further and further. These disciples, in, in these first couple verses, they were facing the ultimate uncertainty. They'd grown up, read all the scriptures. They thought that uh, when the Savior would come, he was going to be a political leader. He was going to save them. He was going to protect them. Mil you know, it was going to be kind of a military thing. And they were going to be on top. And, and you look back, and they kind of had that perception throughout the Gospels. Uh, they never really seemed to quite get it. They're following Jesus and they're with him and they see these things that he does but they never quite get when he says I'm going to suffer, be crucified they're like no, Jesus, no I don't know I don't know so now you look and at this point Jesus has been crucified and they're kind of like well where do we go? what do we do? what direction do we go in? Peter does what I think a lot of us do, does the comfortable thing. Fished before. Well, I think Peter kind of goes, well, guess I'll just, just, guess I'll just go fish. So Peter goes to fish. And then I think it's important also to, that it says, uh, we'll go with you. The other disciples were like, 
Oh, Peter goes, yep, I'm, I'm just going to go fish. And other disciples say, oh, yeah, we'll just go with you. Sure. I think we can all recall a time when you've been in a group or been in a family and something happens that kind of shakes and makes you wonder what direction you need to go in. And uh, somebody finally steps up and says, well, I'm just going to do this old thing that we used to always do. And then everybody else kind of goes, oh, yeah, me too. Sure. Let's go. So that's what happens here. They're facing uncertainty. They do the comfortable thing. Notice what it says at the end. They went on the boat and they caught nothing. Caught nothing. They were uncertain. They did the comfortable thing and they failed. They failed. I've heard a lot of times and a lot of my illustrations and cliches are from football. That's kind of my background, but... Uh, we had a coach that used to say, and I'm sure you've all heard it, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And this is pretty similar to that. We see Peter before when Jesus calls him and uh, can't catch any fish, and then Jesus uh, says, throw it on the other side, and he catches fish. So he couldn't catch fish kind of without Jesus in that illustration. Come to this one, can't do it either. So they failed. They repeated actions. They went back to the comfortable thing, and they failed. So now we're going to go uh, to, to verse 4. I'll read a couple verses here. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Second word is failure. Like I said in the beginning, we're not always going to get it right. They didn't. They, they failed to do several things. I want to point out three failures they had in these three verses. Number one, they didn't catch any fish. Failed to catch any fish. The way they had always done it, the way they lived before Jesus, no longer worked for them. They went out that night, tried to do it over again after Jesus, after those years of following Jesus and kind of focusing on that mission, didn't work for them. Second way they failed, they didn't recognize Jesus. Jesus isn't there. They go fishing. Their faith, their vision is no longer on Jesus and that mission. Fish don't, they're now saying, well, let's catch as many fish as we can. One, we're hungry. But hey, we've got to catch as many fish as we can. So now they're not focusing on that mission that they followed Jesus for and they worked with Jesus for and they saw Jesus do all these great things. Now their focus isn't on that. Now it's on fish. They don't recognize Jesus. Third way they fail, couldn't haul in the net. Now Jesus tells them that they can, they can get some on this side. So they get the fish finally, they catch them, but the, they can't haul them in. There's too many. Their strength, their endurance that was tied to that, to that mission when they were following Jesus was gone. Their endurance, their strength just couldn't handle all the fish. 
I think when you think about those two sections, we see that they still didn't get it. They still didn't understand the impact Jesus should have on their life and their mission going forward when he was gone. They still didn't get it. And they failed. So after this, uh, I'm going to skip down to 15 now, but just to give you some context, uh, they finally, after they, catch, after they get the fish, I think they finally realize it's Jesus. Peter, out of excitement, rips his robe off, swims to the shore, and then Jesus uh, cooks some breakfast on the shore, which, I, I mean, that sounds great to me. But, uh, so that's what happens, and then they start talking after they eat. And we'll pick up in 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. The word I want you to think about with these is repetition. Repetition is a part of life and uh, kind of got to do it. You got to listen to it sometimes. And uh, There's three things I want to notice that are repeated in this uh, there's a repeated question from Jesus, a repeated response, and a repeated command. I'm going to do this kind of a little different. So we're going to, let's look at it from Peter's perspective. How do we act? How do we react to repetition in our lives? I think there's a couple ways that I thought of. and One is we kind of get tired of it. I think about that with like kind of doing something. Um... You know, back to the football thing. I don't. When you do X amount of three-step drops, you just get tired of it. You get bored of it. Harrison can probably tell you the same thing. He's probably done so many kick slides in his life, he's tired of doing it. Another thing, we get angry. We get annoyed that uh, somebody keeps repeating us and maybe repeating the same question, maybe repeating the same thing, telling us what to do. We get annoyed. We're kind of like, God, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes we just kind of let it off. Sometimes we dismiss it. Sometimes we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Sure, yeah, that kind of thing. The last way I think we respond to repetition, sometimes is we remember. We get it. That can be good or bad. Sometimes we remember and we're saved, like, oh, man, I'm glad you kept repeating that because I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't. Or sometimes you remember that you did something you shouldn't have done. And you become disappointed in yourself a little bit. A little saddened, a little confused. I think that's what we get here. I think Peter starts this kind of repetition in his answer. I think the first couple times Jesus asks him if he loves him, Peter kind of says, oh, yeah. Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. You know, he just had breakfast. Like, yeah, you know I love you. Asks him again, yeah, you know I love you. Third time. Jesus asks, it says, Peter was hurt. I think at that point, it turned from the dismiss kind of thing. Peter remembered. 
that when Jesus needed him most, when uh, he was on trial and he was being crucified, Peter denied him three times. I think at that point, Peter was like, man, I'll let you down, Jesus. I failed. I didn't do the right thing. You see his response, I think that kind of acknowledges. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. I think at that point, Peter knows. Peter's kind of disappointed. He's got a little bit of grief when he responds to Jesus, I think. He remembers. Now let's flip it. Let's look at it Jesus' perspective. How many times have you had to repeat yourself to somebody? Whether it be a coworker, a sibling, a student, a fiance, a uh, son, a roommate. You can ask that row right there. They can probably tell you all the times they've had to repeat something to me. One thing, it can be pretty annoying that you gotta keep repeating to somebody. Another thing, you know, you kinda gotta have some patience to keep repeating yourself. Kinda gotta have some patience to stay with it and try to help them get what they need to get. Jesus repeats the question to Peter three times. I think that's really, really important. I think the three times kind of lets, Jesus kind of lets Peter know that I know what happened. I know that you failed, that you failed, and I know that you fell short, and I know you denied me three times. I know, but I also am patient enough to ask you those three times. I also know that deep down you do love me, and I am going to keep asking you. Matter of fact, if you look back at the Greek, the, the three times he says love, when you get down to the third one, they kind of lessen in strength every time. You get down to the third one, it's really close to like. It's kind of like Jesus pretty close saying, well, Peter, do you like me? I think this, is, this shows us that Jesus is willing to meet us where we are. He knows that we're going to fall short. He knows that we're going to fail. He knows that he needs to ask us three times. Just as Jesus knows that he needs to ask us three times and meet us where we are, he also knows he needs to encourage us and tell us the direction we need to go in multiple times. He could have just said, you know, just answered, asked the questions and it would have been done, but um, Jesus kind of puts some action to us in this, action to Peter. He knows that Peter didn't know the direction he needed to go in. He kind of reinstates Peter with those questions and follows it up by saying, there's an action required. There's a response required. The action's already been done. I've, I've already died and been raised and all that, but there's a response to that. I need you to help keep pushing my mission forward. What we see is Jesus taking Peter from this ultimate uncertainty and this failure and moving him to a life and encouraging him into a life 
of love and action and direction. So the question I have and, uh, for you and I want you to think about is how do we move from uncertainty and failure to this life of love and action? When adversity hits, when we're going the wrong direction, when our repeated actions don't work, when we fail. This story tells us and lets us know and lets us remember that we need to know that God's going to understand. He, he understands that we're going to fall short. He understands that he needs to ask us more than once. He knows that he needs to meet us where we are just because we're humans and we're going to mess up. And he's patient enough to do that. He doesn't have to do that. He's patient enough to do that. And we also need to remember that not only is he patient enough to ask us if he loves them, if, he, if we love him, he knows that he needs to keep encouraging us into the right direction. He knows that he needs to repeat to us what direction and what our mission should be. So as we move forward, I hope we know those things and hope we continue to move with action. Amen. Will you all please join me in our modern affirmation? We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. You can give as the plate goes by, but you can also give electronically. Uh, and there are instructions for that in the bulletin. And if you're a guest or visitor today, it is not our expectation that you give. You can rely on the generosity of our people. Thank you.
please stand and sing this last song with us. things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. 